with a look back over the weekend sports action. This is Full Time on KCLR with Sinead Kyo. Welcome along to Full Time with myself, Sinead Kyo. Hope you're all doing well on this Monday evening. I'm sure you are if you're a Kilkenny supporter. Kilkenny are through to another All-Ireland final. It's been said hundreds of times over the last 48 hours, but it really just can't be said enough. The Cats are back and they're in the hunt for their first All-Ireland title in seven years. So do get your texts into me over the next hour. Were you there? Were you at home? Where were you watching the game? And how are are you feeling about facing the treaty now in two weeks time uh, so we're going to be talking all about that game now in a few minutes time um, but as I said do make sure get your texts in to me any opinions or thoughts that you have on the game or the upcoming All-Ireland final against Limerick in two weeks time uh, we'd love to hear from you coming up on the show today uh, I'm going to be talking to Harry Ewing we're going to be having a look back on all the spills and thrills from the Irish Open 2022 and we're also going to hear an interview as well with Dara Joyce. He's the Roar in a Stieg man who is starring in the AFL over in Australia. Uh, you'll also know him as Kieran Joyce's brother as well. Um, and he was the captain of the minor team that won the All-Ireland in 2014. Uh, so yeah, he's starring over there in the Aussie rules uh, down under. So do stay tuned for that interview a little bit later on. But first, I'm joined now on the line uh, by the beloved uh, KCLR commentator, Brendan Hennessy. How are you keeping, Brendan? Not too bad, Sinead. Good evening to you and all the listeners. Brendan, uh, like just an absolutely outstanding performance by, by Kilkenny on Saturday. For anyone really that doubted them, they're really eating their words now, aren't they? Yeah, no, they were absolutely top class. It was a vintage Kilkenny performance. It was probably as good a performance as the team that did the four in a row a number of years back now, but it was a committed, efficient performance, Sinead, and uh, to a man, they were absolutely brilliant and uh, everything worked well. The changes worked well in the end when they were needed, but they did a lot of damage in the first half and um, I think it's 117 on the board at half time, if memory serves you right, to six points. People talk about Clare having 24 wides, but Clare didn't get the opportunities, uh, didn't get the strike comfortably on the ball because Kilkenny worked so hard and I think the great impressive thing about Kilkenny, uh, Michael and I had mentioned it on commentary, is the work rate when they haven't got the ball and I think there was three or four turnovers in the first 20 minutes that contributed to Kilkenny scores after turning over the ball uh, from Clare. So, you know, people will say Clare at 24 points, but or 24 wides rather. Uh, if they had 24 wides, Kilkenny were still by far the better team. And the stats did show at half-time that Clare had more chances of scoring, more scoring chances than Kilkenny in that first half. But the, the idea of the game is you have to score them. I mean, they didn't score them. They only scored six points, which would be very, very disappointing. But uh, the Kilkenny defence was absolutely outstanding. And I think, you know, Murphy, like, he's He's absolutely fantastic. You, you know, I know he didn't concede any goals, but his distribution of the ball, his puckouts, their long game, their short game, everything was absolutely perfect. And I thought it was a complete performance from Kenny Sinead from start to finish. Yeah, and I know you mentioned their own and, uh, you know, playing the long ball, playing the short ball. They were a lot more dynamic than we've seen them in previous games throughout the year in terms of their puckouts, Brendan, weren't they? Yeah, they were, but the attitude was terrific as well. And, you know, they weren't afraid to try anything. They played the ooze confidence. I mean, the full back line. I mean, Mikey was given the job of keeping an eye on Tony Kelly. He kept him scoreless from play. Um, he's ha- he's having an absolutely massive year. Uh, Hugh with the full back, he-, he caught some terrific balls. And I was very impressed with Tommy Walsh also on the half back line. Well, the half back line have been tremendous all year. I mean, Paddy Deegan covering a, a massive amount of ground. Richie Reid was outstanding. A great captain. And, you know, 
I said it before the match. I'm not looking for I'm looking for credit here, but you know you get the team going up to panel performance. But you have to feel that Kilkenny would be at home in Croke Park and be comfortable in it. And I asked Michael that in commentary, and he agreed. And he said like it's a different ball game playing in Croke Park. And if you have played in it before and you have had a good experience in playing it before, it can stand to you. And you know the Shamrocks have been there to run. Lucky they didn't win three All Irelands in a row, but. Um, they have been there and, and the early scores in the game the Ooze Conference I mean Adrian Mullen at five cracking scores on Cody at three TJ knocked over his fair share and Keane Kenny uh, for a young man that's really a new kid on the block uh, with Kilkenny the James Stevens man like his goal was absolutely brilliant Walter gave him a great ball and uh, you know you can bring on a fellow like Walter Walsh to, to, to come on to the Kilkenny team uh, absolutely outstanding and, and you know they have to get credit um, they were always going to be at the top table but they have to be given credit because a lot of people in Kilkenny didn't see this coming. Um, I had belief, to be honest, that they would do it. And I, I'm one of the ones that thinks that Munster games are terrific to watch. But they're always close and uh, intensive when Munster teams are playing against one another. But when they come out Munster, it seems to be a little more difficult for them. And Kilkenny proved that Saturday. And I think Henry's Galway yesterday gave Limerick all they wanted of it because a lot of people thought Limerick were going to run away with that game. And they didn't run away with the game. So, you know, the, the gap is not that big and it's, it's going to be hard for Limerick they're heading for three in a row can you know what that's like they got their three in a row um, and then they got their four in a row but um, I think you now heading for the final I heard you asking people to text in there I actually think um, that Limerick will be more worried about Kilkenny than Kilkenny will be about Limerick and that's been honest judging by the attitude Kilkenny played but there's a bit of work to be done over the next two weeks Brian will do the same with the lads he'll prepare them uh, as best he can and they'll go and compete and I would give the lads a serious chance. I wouldn't be reading into um, Limerick are far superior in that. Limerick are a fantastic team. They're brilliant. Their accuracy is fantastic. Their shooting is brilliant. Uh, they proved that they weathered the storm yesterday. They finished off the match very strongly. But from from a Kilkenny point of view, Sinead, I, I think Kilkenny people have to be very confident with uh, what they've witnessed. And uh, more of the same on final day and Kilkenny will be there thereabouts. Yeah, and they really oozed confidence as well, I thought, Brendan, uh, in the game, even though you have a lot of really young lads there that, you know, mightn't have too much experience in Crow Park, but they were just like, we're meant to be here, we're meant to win this game. And it's like uh, what TJ said in his uh, post-match interview as well. He was like, there was no way we were leaving Crow Park without a win today. Yeah, you're 100%, Sinead. I mean, you know, Owen Cody wouldn't be around too long, but he's around a few years now. He's one of the young kids. It's about TJ. It'd be a veteran. Podrick would be a veteran. Um, Billy Ryan did very well up front, you know. Billy is only there for the last few years. He did very, very well. Two scores. I mentioned Keane, Kenny Martin, Keown got the first goal. Did really well. And, you know, it's all about panels now. Years ago, if a fellow was taken off, people would be talking and saying, oh, he didn't play well or he didn't do this, do that. You have to use your panel now. And uh, Absolutely. That's the modern day game. And Limerick proved that gesture as well. Kenny proved it. And, I mean, to be fair to Brian Lone, he tried everything and he got a cruel blow before the game started. John Conlon didn't start. But looking back on Kilkenny's performance, I don't think it would have made much difference. Paddy Fitzpatrick started as centre-back for Clare. But um, it didn't really go his way that they had the two best players they had were probably Dermot Ryan and David McInerney, the two wing half-backs. And they picked up a few nice scores. But um, Shane O'Donnell got a few nice scores and Ryan Taylor got a score too. But, you know, the Kilkenny midfielders, I thought Conor Brown put in a tremendous shift as well. I thought he was brilliant. And, you know, you can talk about individuals, but as I said at the start, um, it was a complete performance from everybody that took part from Kilkenny. But um, 
everybody that came on and everyone that started the game and finished and, and all you have to do is look at the scoreline I mean two two twenty six it would win a lot of matches and it might be enough to win the final but uh, two twenty six is, is is a great is a great return and for me you know just complete they were efficient uh, work rate was absolutely top class and there was nobody found wanting they, they gave it everything and I was really impressed with the skill and and, and the movement and the running and and the fitness was uh, unbelievable they really the blue clear away. They blew them away. That's no, they, they did. Like, And I don't think... It's like what you mentioned there, Brendan, as well. Like, oh, And I would have kind of said to... You know, talking about the match and the lead-up, I was talking to, you know, of the boys like Robbie and Shane and, and so on. And they were like, well, what do you think? And I think, no, look, I do think Kilkenny... Have a really good chance of winning this game, but there's no way that I think that they were going to hammer Clare. I just did not predict yeah, that. Well, I think you weren't you weren't alone there. I think there's a lot of true and true Kilkenny hurling people didn't see that coming. But um, you know you have to give Clare a bit of credit for what they did in the championship as well. I mean they they had some terrific results in, in their campaign coming up to yesterday semi final and and you know they, they they caused problems for a lot of teams during the year and they got some brilliant results. I mean they were six points down to Wexford and came back and won the match. So you know they were. They were excellent and it was a great year for Clare because their footballers had a great run as well and their uh, hurlers got the, up to the semi-final. But, you know, we've always said this and early in the year during the league, I said Kilkenny probably will be at the top table and they had their ups and downs throughout the championship. I mean, losing at home to Wexford and uh, made it a little bit difficult for themselves at times. But look, at, uh, it's about winning. They came back and won the Leinster title, uh, went through the front door, as we say, got direct to the semi-final and there are two matches now from in All-Ireland now there's only one match from an All-Ireland title and it's just more of the same Sinead that's all they have to do and uh, they have a bit of tradition they're looking for their 37 I think I'm right in saying 37 titles so you know they're they're, they're on the leaderboard there and um, it's terrific I, I just thought to a man absolutely fantastic I think Mikey Carey at number 5 he's been outstanding there's going to be a bit of history there as well I, I just noticed it after the game on Saturday um, when DJ his dad was playing Brian was the manager and I think in the history of the GA since 1884 there's no manager has um, managed the team uh, with father and son playing in an All-Ireland final I don't know if it's playing or winning but I think I'm right in, in the playing so uh, that'll be some something yeah. that's, that's another, that'll, that'll create a bit of a talk as well but uh, I know Kenny, look the, the, jo- the job is to keep away from all that type of stuff there's a match to be played and, and Brian is around long enough and James McGarry and Martin coming for the Connor and the backroom team and the county board to say look at we can match the player. All the side shows can stay apart mm-hmm. until uh, the lads will be kept well away from that. So they'll just keep focused and they'll, they'll go and do their bit. And it's a short turnaround. I mean, yeah. in the, a while ago, if you won an all the semi-final, you'd wait three or four weeks for the final. It's it's Sunday week now, no matter what way we look at it. And time is uh, time is short, and we can look forward to the July final. And let's hope the sun is shining and the crowds are in. And they're up against a brilliant team, and Limerick. I know there's a lot of Limerick people in. Carroll or Kenny area and there's probably a few listening at the moment. Limerick are my mam, my mammy is one of them. Would you believe she's a she's a mongrel woman that. from from Limerick. Well, I'm working with a few of them and they're listening at the moment as well. Come I here, Brendan. I have a lovely I have a lovely compliment in for you there um, I'm after getting a, a text in Sinead if there were Oscars for sports commentary uh, Brendan <laughs> and Michael would have a dozen they were absolutely superb the king so well done <laughs> Brendan no, it's absolutely true you uh, you know you bring so much joy to, to the airwaves uh, to our Kilkenny and Carlo listeners with your commentary yourself and Michael so absolutely brilliant job as always uh, at the weekend Thanks a million. Well, the thing about it is, Michael and myself, we'd, we'd be passionate enough about um, what we do, and no matter what match I'm doing, and with Casey Lawrence, it's Carlo playing, and Carlo, and all the clubs, they'd have time for everybody, and I've great time for 
everybody in Kilkenny. Always had before I became a commentator. I always supported Kilkenny as a young fella, and we had good connections in Kilkenny, the family as well. And uh, I have time for everybody, and all I all I like is fair play, and fair play is good fun. And I give it my all when I do it. And thanks very much for the compliments. And th- just thanks to a lot of people that have contact with us since the match as well so we appreciate that as well we do get the critics as well by the way but uh, we, we weren't good enough to get to play in the pro-am down in Limerick today. <laughs> anyway we'll play another time myself and Mickey we'll do that another time yeah no we'll be talking I'll be talking to Harry now in a few minutes time about the pro-am um, yeah well, yeah I just want to congratulate him his, his coverage his coverage from Mount Judy was absolutely outstanding I know Harry very well Harry would be a good friend over the years and I'd known through Carlo Golf Club uh, Harry was brilliant and uh, fair play to him his coverage was excellent and the lads did a great job down there it was brilliant and uh, well done to everyone among Juliet as well it looked absolutely fantastic on the telly we were busy so I didn't get to go down but I have played it and I've been in it a few times and it's fantastic and it was great for the Kilkenny area so well done to all yeah, you were a busy man over the weekend. Just before I let you go there, Brendan, um, we're, ta- we're talking a lot about Kilkenny hurling, but plenty of uh, Carlo hurling uh, uh, club level going on at the weekend as well. Yeah, it's ongoing, Sinead. That was round three. Round four and five are to come now, and uh, there's a few have nailed their colours to the mast in relation to heading for semi final set. Mullins and Mount Leinster Rangers are in a good position, and Ballon Killen have put themselves in a good position. So. A huge match coming up now. Uh, no hurling in the senior championship next weekend, but the following weekend, the, uh, at the eve of the All Ireland final, actually, uh, Bagnallstown Gales and Navon. That'll be an absolute uh, belter. So there's still a little bit to be played, and it's fantastic that we're back and, and Nave Breed are back, and they deserve huge credit because they're working hard and it's brilliant that they're back in the senior championship. And to be fair, all the teams are uh, giving it a go. And Mount Leinster Rangers put on a bit of an exhibition last night. They, have, they are plagued with injuries, to be fair. Uh, some of their newer players and their experienced players. And they've lost Chris Nolan, who's away for the summer. Uh, and one or two more of the lads have gone away for the summer. And uh, they stood up last night and played very well. And they're, they're as good a club team as in the country, to be honest. And, and they really played well. Um, so Robbie Foley, we had a chat with Robbie after the match as well. He acknowledged that as well, the manager of Navon and you know, they'll probably take a bit of beating in it. St. Mullins will probably be a, a slight favourite along with him as well. But I think Ballon Killen could have a part to play in this yet. And as I say, the Nave Owen match in Bagnastown Gales uh, will be a big one as well. And I think, to be fair to Nave Breed, like they're only back and, and they were always going to struggle to try and, try and get a few wins and full credit, as I said, to the club for, for putting in a great effort and a few lovely hurlers. They could actually surprise somebody in this championship yet. And... Uh, that would make it for a tremendous championship. But they're working hard and, and deserve credit. But there's six, there's six great clubs and they, they deserve huge credit. So Rangers are the favourites. Now. There's still a bit of hurling to be played and the semi-finals and the finals will be all wrapped up by the second week of August. So there's a lot to happen in the next few weekends. So uh, we're looking forward to a few crackers in uh, some Saturday, Friday and Saturday week. Yeah, uh, definitely. The next round of matches, yeah, round, round um, four. So it'll be very interesting. But yeah. uh, all in all, all is going well. Great stuff. No, there's a great buzz around Carlo and Kilkenny uh, at the moment. So listen, thanks so much, Brendan. I'll, I'll chat to you again soon. No problem, Sinead. Well done. Lovely chatting to you. Talk to you. Bye, bye, bye. Uh, that was uh, that was our very own Brendan Hennessy there uh, talking to us about Kilkenny's uh, great win uh, in the All-Ireland semi-final over at the Banner at the weekend. We're going to take a really quick break now and coming up after the break, I'm going to be talking to professional golfer and tree off the tee podcaster Harry Ewing. So do stay tuned for that. Full time on KCL or with thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at Lahartz, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, lahartzvolkswagen.ie. Full time on KCL or with thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at Lahartz, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, lahartzvolkswagen.ie.
Welcome back to Full Time with myself, Sinead Kyo. Now, as I said before the break, we're going to be talking to Harry Ewing, but we might just need to talk to him a little bit later on. I can't get through to Harry just at this moment. But what I do have for you now is an interview that I actually recorded just the other day with uh, the gentleman that is uh, Dara Joyce. Uh, he is a former All-Ireland winning captain with Kilkenny. Uh, he captained the Miners in 2014 and he's a proud uh, Roar Inishti club man as well but he's now uh, lording it over in Australia in the AFL and I had a lovely chat with uh, Dara um, and I started off by asking Dara uh, how long he has been over in Australia. Yeah, yeah, six years. It's probably been seven years since I first started like uh, travelling up and down just for trials and just um, uh, just just coming up and down um getting used to the place but uh, sixth season this year yeah so been, been quite a while Just to talk a little bit I suppose about um, you know your hurling career then as well Dara before you made the move over to Australia uh, like you were very young moving over but you did pack a lot into your underage career Yeah well um, oh sure I'm with the, the Rornish League is my, is my club and um, we just started down there and my dad used to do a bit of coaching when we were underage so he used to travel us around to all the games and we were pretty, quite a good team and then into Marymount National School in, uh, in the Roar was our national school and we had a you know a bit of success with the country cup and things like that leading on and then went to school in Good Council College in Ross so they, that was kind of like the dual school where we did a bit of football and hurling so that's probably where the football the Gaelic football came in with me but um, yeah no I was just with the roar and then we are lucky one year then we were kind of always like Ryan A the whole way up under 14 under 16 and um, we used to get a, a, some some good beatings off the city teams uh, like under 14 under 16 but uh, I think it like paid off then once we got to minor and we were lucky then to, to win a minor county final with with our club the roar and um then just just playing good good hurling with the with the roar I got um, invited in to the minor panel when I was um, what I think I was like fifteen turning sixteen so uh, wow. yeah so then I was in with the minors and then we got a bit of run with success as well so and was that still Dara and, um, sorry was that still when a minor was under eighteen or was it down to under seventeen still at that stage when you when you got the call nah, to come was, in. Yeah, that was still under eighteen. Yeah, ah, I think that's, right, okay. yeah, that's changing since I moved down here. So yeah, um, yeah, that was under eighteen. And then um, yeah, I got called up pretty young. I was a three-year minor, so oh. um, just fifteen, kind of turning sixteen was my first year. Um, and then like I was playing with the lads that are stars of the team now, like Paddy Deegan and those type of lads yeah. that are um, that are in on the team now. So um, yeah, we're pretty lucky, and we had a great team going up and. Um, like I said, won a few minors, and then in my second year, um, we, we won the All Ireland. So that was pretty special. And we won the All Ireland pretty much against the Limerick team that are that are the, the champions at the moment. So um, it's funny that my age group has just kind of gone the whole way up now. Yeah, that's brilliant. And I know that you you captained um, the team to All Ireland success as well. That must have been an absolute dream come true for you, Dara. Yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, there was a there was a few good years there with because um, we won the the minor with the club and then obviously um, we got the privilege and the, the role picked me then to uh, to captain for the minor so I was 17 when I was the captain so that was pretty special it was a bit daunting because I was still like 
Um, I wasn't up to the age, so yeah. it was quite daunting when there was like older lads yeah. on the team with it. But um, no, I just kind of settled in. We we got a good run, and um, yeah, no, it was, it was an amazing few years there. And the day we won the All Ireland against Limerick, um, my brother Kieran was in the All Ireland, the senior game after it. Um, he didn't start that one, but that was against Tipperary. But then the, that was the drawn final, and then the week later, then he was a uh, man of the match in the replay. So it was a busy, busy few weeks for the family on the on that that month. Yeah, I can imagine your your parents and your whole family were were very proud. Um, just on captain in the team then as well, and being handed that responsibility at quite a young age, and like you were saying yourself, Dare Dare, like that was when you still had a year left. Um, at the minor grade do you think that that kind of uh, stood to you then when you went over to Australia kind of that leadership um, experience uh, oh it definitely did yeah um, you probably just have to kind of come out of yourself a little bit and come out of your shell and um, so that was like I said at the start I like, was kind of nerve wracking when you weren't up to the age and you were kind of mm. captaining guys that were that extra year older than you and um, but that definitely stood out because then when you come down here like you jump in with a group of you know, there's 45 guys on the list, and myself and Ray Cannell and the Westmead chap who came down with me. Um, like we didn't know anyone, we didn't know the game, um, so it was pretty daunting. But it kind of brings you out of your shell, and uh, yeah, that definitely that definitely paid dividends for me. And how long after you had won the All Ireland uh, with Kilkenny at minor level did you uh, make the move over to Australia? Um, so then I had a, another year minor the next year. Um, and during this, during those few years, I kind of, I was talking to a club. I was talking to Hawthorne um, from when I was 16. So they kind of met me in Dublin for um, just a casual, like kicking a catch and a catch up. And then from there, then I kind of got invited to a few uh, draft combines, which is like a testing day. So there was a couple in DCU that we went to. So like during those few years when I was minor. Um, this was kind of going on in the background and I never really mm-hmm. I was just kind of focusing on my hurling and my studies yeah. and, and playing some good football in school in secondary school or whatnot. but um, it was kind of just filtering on the background and then I left then when I was uh, 18 just turning 19 is when I made the full move down alright ok and was there any kind of hesitancy then Dara like you know when you had that success at minor like were you kind of thinking to yourself oh should I sort of you know keep going now and um, hopefully like it will lead me to you know senior success maybe or, and, and maybe I should stay put or did you kind of have your mind made up no I'm I'm going to I'm going to do this now Oh no, I was definitely quite conflicted. Um, and then when I, because I came down when I was just seventeen, turning eighteen for uh, a draft in Melbourne for a, a trial combine in Melbourne. That's when I when I got my eyes opened up to everything, and uh, I was here for three weeks. And at the end of the week, like there was kind of contracts being spoken about, and um, I was kind of like kind of a bit nervous and a bit homesick. Then as the weeks went on, and kind of the prospect of a contract was being put in front of me, and. Um, I was down with Ty Kennelly at that stage. He was like our chaperone in Melbourne at the yeah. time. and um, He could kind of sense it in me and he just pulled me aside one day and we just had a chat and he just said, look, if you're not ready for it right now, who's to say you can't do it in a year's time? So then St. Kilda then, um, St. Kilda and Essendon were kind of going to put a contract in front of me and then St. Kilda came to me and said, look, 
we can kind of see what Tyg is saying and um, you are a little bit homesick so we can work with you for a year and then see if it's what you want to do the following year so um, and because I hadn't lived away from home or anything like that and then that year I went to UCD and you know that extra year in college and you learn how to look after yourself and that you mature an awful lot so um, that that's really what helped me um, yeah. but obviously the, the pull of hurling was massive to try and stay in especially with my brother Kieran having so much success with Kilkenny but um, I remember we were training for under 21s that year and um, I kind of Eddie Brennan was the under 21 manager that year and I had a chat to him just before training and I just said uh, look I'm thinking about doing it and he was like if he ever had the opportunity to uh, to do something like that he'd jump at it so mm-hmm. um, yeah I had a great chat with Eddie Brennan that evening that kind of solidified it with me then that I wanted to really go ahead and do it yeah, and Eddie is such a great guy and we've had him on the show many times and he definitely, um, you know, he he's a, a good mentor, I think, and I can see how, you know, um, at, at under 21 level, the lads would have very much looked up to him and it's nice to have someone like that as well with sort of a broad sense of the world uh, to kind of gi- to give you that advice because it makes you feel that, you know, what you're doing, like you feel a, a little bit more validated in, in your decision. Yeah, exactly. And and like Eddie probably didn't take think much of the conversation at the time, but I certainly took a lot from it and it was just a, a casual chat um after training one evening, but um yeah, he he's um he's very good to talk to in that sense and uh, it definitely kind of just made it a bit easier on me. I imagine the um the first year uh, just even trying to kind of get to grips with the style of play and the system and all of that kind of stuff because um you know you're playing with lads that you know it's just uh, it's just conditioned into them it's as natural to them as hurling is to you so that must have been difficult that first year just kind of getting to grips with the game Yeah exactly it's like there's so much to take in and you're just, you're just trying to be a sponge as much as you can because there's so much game plan like when you're looking at footy on the TV it looks like it's just a kick and a catch but yeah. there's so much structure behind it and it's just organised chaos but um, so there was that side of it and then there's like obviously the, the ball is different the shape of the ground is different and the game is twice as long as a hurling game so it took a while but probably the most difficult thing was um, just kind of getting your body used to it because obviously hurling is it's a pretty fast game but it doesn't require the same you know distance in the legs and that kind of stuff so my first pre-season um that kind of hit me in the hit me in the eyes and i was trying to get my body used to it and then like i needed to put on muscle and then you needed to run further and faster be fitter so kind of you can't do everything at once and i was probably trying to do it all at once so my first year my first two years was kind of um a real learning curve for myself and um it didn't probably go to go to plan as much as I wanted in those first few years um, in the reserves footy but uh, definitely took a lot of learnings from it and um, yeah still here like I'm still striving to get a first team position so I find myself in the first team I'm kind of on the fringes this year and it's a bit frustrating because I've only played seven games this year um, because I am on the fringe and um, like I was subbed last weekend but didn't get on and then missed like a reserves game because of that and then I was kind of they have like an emergency player which is um, a player that's kind of held over in case someone gets injured and then you might get the call in for the game and then sometimes you get to miss reserves game because of that so um, I feel like I haven't played an awful lot of footy this year because I am in that like awkward uh, fringe player at the moment Mm -hmm. Um, but 
yeah, look, I'm just I'm really enjoying it still. Um, loving the challenge, but like there's still like itch to be scratched to to play a consistent footy week in week out, and um, I'm still just striving for that at the moment. Yeah, and I suppose until you kind of like you say, there's still that kind of itch to be scratched, and until you can do that, you probably won't feel, um, you know, like it's you won't feel like it's time to come home until you've accomplished what you've set out to accomplish over there. Yeah, exactly. And like there was a few tough years there with COVID and that, and there was probably a when things are going on like that in the world uh, there is probably a call for home that you just want to be around yeah. familiar surroundings yeah. or that but mm-hmm. um, no nah, definitely like I'm still still quite motivated to play here um, like I'm out of contract this year so we'll we'll see how that plays out at the end of the year but um, yeah I still feel like my best footy is ahead of me and um, when I am on the field I think I'm putting together some good performances so it's just about uh, just trying to break into that first team at the moment yeah, and I think what's so interesting about your story as well is that like you're from Kilkenny, going over playing Aussie Rules and uh, or AFL, uh, but like most, like I suppose you associate. I know you mentioned there Ty Canelli earlier on. You associate kind of these Kerry players, Cork players, you know Galway maybe, um, Armagh, like you know where you have kind of a football stronghold that they would be recruiting from those counties. But you've come over from from Kilkenny. Um, so, which which is great. And did you feel like when you were growing up, um, Dara, that maybe there wasn't the opportunities there for you to express yourself in terms of football? Um, and and like, do you feel like maybe that's changing now? With uh, I know that Kilkenny now are taking part in in, in the junior football championship. Um, do you feel like things are kind of the tide is starting to change a little bit with regard to that? Yeah, there probably is room for football in Kilkenny to grow and expand, but. Then I like I grew up when it's just all hurling and like oh, hurling is my main sport. Like I I enjoy Gaelic football and I enjoy playing it, but um like hurling's the number one. So I kind of got my fix of Gaelic football in secondary school and Good Council College in New Ross, and that because that's where my my two older brothers went, and uh, I just followed suit and really enjoyed it in there. But um, I feel like if I did come back to Kenny, it would just be solely focused on hurling because that's what we do there um, but it, it is great to see that the juniors going so well and um, it would be brilliant to have uh, like, like Galway like they're, they're going so well in both codes now it would be amazing to see if we could get there but um, yeah I think it's just hurling is in the blood in Kilkenny and uh, I don't see that changing yeah, and it has served you well so far, in fairness. Um, but away from AFL then, how are you enjoying the, the lifestyle over in Australia? Oh, yeah, Melbourne is, a, is an incredible city. And uh, it is just, it's a different lifestyle down here. Like someone and my friends now are down here. A lot of them are in Sydney at the moment um, doing their work. And they just they, it's just a, a brilliant lifestyle. And I love Melbourne because it's just kind of, it's such an outdoorsy place. Like when the weather is good, I know it's wintertime here at the moment, so it's quite cold, but... Uh, I think Australia is just set up for the outdoors and when it is nice and sunny um, there's so much to do and, and see um, but now nah, yeah we're, we're so lucky the year with COVID and that we got to um, to keep the season going we got to go up to Queensland and live in, a, in Noosa for three um, for three months because Melbourne was all locked down so we're, right, we're okay. so lucky um, yeah during the COVID years and all that that we got to keep going mm-hmm. um, and see, see some amazing places but uh, yeah it's an incredible place so I really enjoy my time down here yeah that's brilliant and do you think that you're going to stay there for another couple of years Dara or do you even kind of maybe see yourself staying there permanently 
Um, I'm not one to make uh, the long term plan. Yeah. No, <laughs> I'm just kind of taking. I'm just kind of taking as it goes. Like I said earlier, I'm kind of out of contract this year, so um, we'll see what kind of talks come up mm-hmm. um, on the back end of the year with that. But um, oh, like oh, there's always a pull to come home at some stage, and I'd love to go home and, and play a bit of hurling while I'm uh, still in my prime. So um, there's always that pull. But yeah, I haven't I haven't really made any plans just yet, so I'm kind of. You know things go. Yeah, there's plenty of time. Well, listen, Dara, it's been um, it's been a pleasure talking to you, and thanks so much for um, for taking the time to to chat with me today. Um, and best of luck with everything. And sure, look, maybe we'll we'll chat again soon. No worries, Sinead. Thank you. That was uh, Dara Joyce there. Really enjoyed that chat with uh, Dara Joyce just a little bit earlier on um, in the week. He's, of course, over in Australia and uh, he's a St Kilda's player there with, uh, uh, sorry, St Kilda's um, AFL player. And, of course, he also uh, captained the minor team that won the All-Ireland back in 2014 as well. I'm joined now by Owen Carey, uh, who is actually KCLR's um what would you say, Owen? You're, you're a big AFL fan. You are a fanatic. You actually get up at all hours of the night to watch the games. Yeah, well, if that's the, if that's the kind of, you know, the, the box ticking thing to get up in the middle of the night. Yeah, I do, actually. Yeah, yeah. It started out as a, it started out as a bit of a hobby and then I kept watching it for weeks and weeks and weeks. So I've been following AFL for years, actually. And it was really, really interesting to get an insight from Dara there because normally the, the, the selection pool comes from the footballer. So it was different to see, uh, uh, his journey uh, in it and h- to see his trajectory you know um, they're a good club St Kilda they haven't won a Premiership title would you believe uh, since the since the mid 60s so out of all the teams that play AFL they've been waiting for a title for a long long time and uh, Dara's still on the fringes there you know it's a different sort of a selection uh, his situation but um, you know like you said it, it was really interesting to hear he's really enjoying the lifestyle there and it doesn't work out for everybody and at the moment it seems to be working out for him which is great Yeah definitely and, and you mentioned it there Owen as well his journey like um, it's not the conventional kind of route they normally would sort of recruit from the likes of Kerry and Dublin and Armagh and kind of these like football strongholds so I think it just really speaks to Dara's athleticism that they did spot his talent and they decided from a very young age that they'd like to, to have him over in Oz uh, playing footy so um, yeah great stuff Oh without a doubt and I mean yeah the, the, the selection process might be different but uh, you know there's still they are still able to and they still see something in, in the hur- in the hurlers so he, he's not a totally unusual case either um, but it's just great to see it working out for him and I know he said he's, he's under contract I think until the end of the year and um, you know anything can happen then uh, but you know I, I think for the time being he really seems to be uh, he seems to be enjoying it and it, it's, it's, it's so it's so different I mean the game is really really different out there and uh, it's a bit like in terms of whether you play or not at the weekend it's a bit like a, um, an American football type of setup. you know you could be you could be selected and deselected uh, as quick they have big panels they have, they have huge huge panels but um you know if you can if you can survive 
the initial that those initial few months out there which Dara has 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 done and he's actually thrived during that time uh, I think it becomes a, a lot easier for for uh, an Irish player to survive out there so it's a, his story is great it's a great story actually yeah and he's such a young man as well so who knows we might see him back uh, on these shores again maybe wouldn't it be um, great wouldn't it be fantastic on, it absolutely put, yeah pulling on the Roar Initiative jersey or indeed maybe the Kilkenny jersey again but listen thanks so much for that Owen uh, we're going to take a, a quick break now and coming up after the break I'm going to be speaking to Harry Ewing all about the Irish Open there at the weekend Full time on KCLOR with thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny LaHartsVolkswagen.ie Full time on KCLOR with thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny LaHartsVolkswagen.ie Welcome back to Full Time with myself, Sinead Kyo. Now, I am joined on the line, as promised, uh, by Tree Off The Tea podcaster and professional golfer as well. Uh, how are you? And Harry, how are you keeping? Good evening, Sinead. I'm great. And you? Good. I'm not too bad. Uh, Harry, you're a well-travelled man. You've always been, but you've been particularly busy now over the last couple of weeks. I was out in uh, Mount Juliet with you there yesterday, but you've gone straight from Mount Juliet up to Adair. So you're up in Limerick today. Yeah, that's right. Day one of the JP McManus Pro-Am here in Adair Manor. And what a brilliant day. Play is just coming to a close here now as we speak. And Look, it's been a, a brilliant 12 hours of golf. It's, it's full on as people who are into their golf or even just watch any of the kind of news bulletins or sports uh, news today. You know, an unbelievable field has been assembled here by JP McManus for the Pro-Am. And, and to see, you know, I think it's 10 of the top 11 best golfers in the world here. Um, and numerous others. It's it's unbelievable, actually, when you're, when you're a big golf fan and you can walk that course and, and see the world's best right in front of your eyes. It's it's an unbelievable field assembled. You really only see as good a field in world golf probably at the Masters. Yeah, it's really a star-studded event down there, isn't there? I was just looking at uh, pictures of um, Tiger Woods arriving uh, via helicopter there to Adair Manor yesterday. So it's absolutely brilliant that JP McManus is able to draw, you know, these uh, world-famous uh, golfers. Yeah, no, and he's been doing it for a long time now. This pro-am is, is, has been on the go for quite a long time. Typically, he runs it every five years. This event was due to take place in 2020, and obviously COVID took care of that for a couple of years. But now we have our chance, and, and all of the world's best have have agreed to come, as they always do, and support JP in his charitable uh, endeavours and, and the money that they've raised from this pro-am over the last 20 to 25 years is, is quite staggering for charities in the Midwest region. So, look, it's fantastic. It's hugely well-supported. And you look at the crowds that were out there today, and part of me feels it's very much a test run for Adair Manor for future tournaments that it will hold in the lead-up to, obviously, the biggest of all, the Ryder Cup in 2027. It was muted that there was between 35 and 40,000 fans on site today. and it was. Um, for those people that have seen some of the coverage on television there since two o'clock this afternoon, the golf course is so immaculate and, and the attention to detail and the money that has been spent in Adair Manor over the last number of years. I can only describe it to people who like their golf or who have watched Augusta on the telly, you know, over the years. It's the closest thing we're ever going to see to Augusta National in Europe, shall we say. And we're very lucky to have it in Ireland. We're very lucky to have 
um, JMP McManus be able to create something like this and, and bring world-class uh, tournaments to a venue like it there. Um, but it's, yeah, it's a magical place to be and, and it's a bit surreal, to be honest, to look at these stars do what they do, especially when you're into the golf as much as I am, I suppose, you know? Yeah, you mentioned there it's a magical place to be up in Adair Manor. It was a magical place to be in Mount Juliet over the last couple of days as well. Uh, Harry, how lucky uh, Kilkenny is to have hosted uh, such an event. It was just an incredible couple of days there down in Thomastown, wasn't it? Absolutely, Sinead, it was. Look, Mount Julius is an iconic golf venue within this country. It's it's one of the best parkland courses that we have. If you look at even just how it's located and, and how the event ran off last week, they did it brilliantly. The, the, the park and ride and the bus facility in from that park and ride in Stonyford worked like an absolute dream. Mount Julius has held big tournaments for over 30 years now back in the in the in the heyday of the European tour like Nick Faldo and Bernard Langer and these guys won tournaments there in the early 90s it went on from that to host world golf championship events in the early 2000s and they were huge events at the time huge sponsorship and Tiger Woods came it's his only win professional win in Ireland was when he played in Mount Juliet back in about 2002, 2003. Ernie Els won the, the other edition that was held down there. So Mount Juliet's been a long time class act as, as, as regards a, a tournament venue and uh, it didn't let us down last week. We had a, a great tournament and a very worthy winner yesterday in a Polish golfer, the first Polish golfer ever on the European Tour. So he created a bit of history yesterday. That was Adrian Moronk. Maybe not a name that everyone would know, but they'll know it after yesterday. He played a fantastic golf, especially on the last four or five holes when it looked like it was going to be all over a playoff and, and he really barged his way to the front of that leaderboard with a, a birdie, birdie, eagle, par finish. And, and that kind of burst, you know, when it's tight at the top, is worthy of winning any tournament. And it was great to see him win his first on the European Tour and, like I said, be the first Polish player in the history of the DP World Tour. So um, that was a magical moment. But in general, it was just a super event. It was very well organised, massively, massively supported down in Mount Juliet. And our own Irish stars, definitely at different times during the week, and, you know, popped our head above the level as well and gave us plenty to shout about. Yeah, definitely. Well, look, I'm going to have to leave it there, um, Harry. Unfortunately, we're just after running out of time. But thanks so much for joining us on the show today. And no doubt I'll be talking to you again very soon. Thanks a million, Harry. Thanks, Sinead. That was uh, Harry Ewing there, a pro golfer, Tree Off the Tee podcaster as well. That's all we have time for on the show today. Hope you enjoyed the show. Um, we're going to be back here next week for more build up to the All-Ireland final. So do join me back here uh, then. Up next is Owen Carey. But now we're going to take a break and straight to the news. Full time on KCLOR. Well, thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny. La Hearts Volkswagen.ie.